Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This segment of Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat being brought to you by Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Some good news. Monday at noon. Got some new programming coming to WSBT Radio. From the uh, from the folks at uh, at VSIN out in uh, out in Las Vegas. Which is now part of DraftKings, I believe. Gojo and Golik, you wanted them back. We've got them back. We've got the Goliks back. Gojo and Gojo, uh, Gojo and Golik joining us at noon on Monday. The Gojo half joins me now, right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Mike, how are you? Doing well. I appreciate you having me, and I apologize. There's a lot of G's and O's in that name. <laughs> it gets a little tongue-tied even for me, so we're working on that right now. I mean, my my last name, there, there's two I's, a Y, and three R's, so I know exactly how you feel. So it's uh, it can be, there. You go. I'm coming to the right audience for this. Then <laughs> it could be to- totally, totally right audience for it. So, uh, you guys have been doing this show for how long now? So we started this show in its current form in August of this year. So we're only one fall in right now. But uh, for Dad and I, obviously, this is sort of picking up where we left off with Golik and Wingo back at the ESPN days, mm-hmm. where I spent almost two and a half years on the full show with dad and Trey in the morning. So it's, it's, it's been nice. It's been a little bit of learning because this version involves a lot more technology. And my dad is every bit of 61 when it comes to his lack of desire <laughs> to learn anything new about the devices that are around him at this point. <laughs> so all of the engineering budget is going to, to dad is what you're saying. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, our, our producers and engineers are whatever we're paying them. We need to double it just as hazard pay for having to work with my dad. Cause God love him. My dad is a man who is so calm in the face of most things and walks through life with this incredible air where nothing bothers my dad. If it's out of his control, then he doesn't spend too much time worrying about it except when it comes to electronics in his house. And if there's a password that doesn't work or the cable television doesn't work or any of the devices in his house that he believes, all right, I bought them, I've done my part, they're supposed to do their job. The minute that happens, he's got the shortest fuse imaginable and all of a sudden I just get to watch him crumble. So it's a delight to see that every day and to sometimes get to egg him on a little bit. How many times has he called you to fix the clock on the microwave or on the stove because it's blinking? So those things he's kind of given up on at this point. Honestly, <laughs> they're just I constantly blinking. Most, <laughs> most, most, most old, old world home problems, my dad is kind of on top of. Like okay. he prioritizes taking care of certain things around the house. Like I, I'm convinced, my dad's like a bloodhound for being able to smell if you haven't changed the air filter in your home in a while. Mm-hmm. He once famously went to Rebecca Lobo's house 
asked her and her husband when the last time they had changed them was and saw the horrified looks of two people that had never once changed the air filter in their home and was the (laughs) happiest man on earth that he could go in there and deliver them clean air. So that stuff he's got covered, it's really now anything that connects to Wi-Fi, I Ah. think, is a danger for my father. Yeah, I mean, there is kind of a danger with Wi-Fi because, I mean, at least, I don't know why we do this at our house. Uh, it's not like we're having guests anytime soon, but uh, we have a guest Wi-Fi network, you know, kind of hooked up, you know, going through our uh, going through our Google Internet, you know, little portal, and uh, constantly getting off of track with that, and also, you know, the lights that are hooked up to the smart lights and or the uh, to the you know the, the the Phillips Bridge and all that stuff. So I'm just like. Why do we have this guest network? Oh, right, yeah, because reasons. But, uh, yeah, I kind of feel your dad there. And I'm only 45. I'm going to be 45 this year, and I feel that way. Oh, I'm amazed at how often. So I'm 34, so we're just going down by like a decade here Mm -hmm. each time. But I'm always always very in tune because when I came into sports talk, I was the young guy. I got to be the one that showed everyone, hey, here's the cool current trend. And now – I'm seeing the next generation come up under me, and there's so many things surrounding TikTok and YouTube that really are starting to age me out. The NBA All-Star Game was a perfect exercise in that because there were so many names out there that were like basketball influencers or YouTubers that everyone's saying to me like I'm supposed to know and could not have less of a clue about. So I'm starting to feel it right now. It comes for us all like a thief in the night. Half of Gojo and Golick, Mike Golick Jr. joining me right now on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, Describe the show. Like you described it as just kind of picking up where you left off. You've got uh, Jesse Caulfield from uh, uh, from DraftKings there. You know, the vibe. How is it? The vibe is imagine if you just, and we'll say, did this without the ensuing either beatdown or arrest you would incur. <laughs> but imagine you just managed to like break into the Golic house on a Saturday or Sunday <laughs> in college football, the NFL season, mm-hmm. and you walked in on the conversation. That's truly what we want it to be like especially for this show obviously dad got nine years of experience in the nfl he's been in this industry for almost three decades and in two radio hall of fames like obviously his credentials speak for themselves but i think for both of us it's twofold like the vibe of the show is we certainly want to be able to teach people and reach people right my dad's line has always been hey let's take them into the locker room if there's people that have never had the experiences we had of you know, me playing on a team that went to the national title at Notre Dame, dad playing on those Eagles defenses of the early 90s with Reggie White and Jerome Brown and so many incredible names and faces. Let's try and take people down there as best they can, but also let's take them into our living room. Let's, let's show them what the conversations between a father and son who do have this background sound like a little bit and try and have some fun in the process. I mean, God, I'd like to think of nothing else if the Golic name is known around South Bend for something. It's not taking ourselves too seriously, and I hope that shines through amongst anything else. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's what makes, uh, it's what makes the show so darn entertaining, quite honestly. So I, 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 I watch it pretty, pretty regularly, and I'm just like, you know, they haven't lost a step, and that's good to see. So, uh, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. We're trying to keep the fastball humming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure you know having the name that you have. Uh, you know, you, you probably heard you know talk of nepotism and whatnot, and of course the big news around Notre Dame land anyway is Jack Collinsworth being out as the uh, the play by play voice on NBC for Notre Dame. Uh, what what do you think he's feeling right now? 
Um, you know, I'm not sure. I'm sure like anything else. And listen, I feel for Jack, right? I mean, he's a guy that I've gotten to know over the years. He's a great dude. And I was excited for him to get this opportunity, knowing how much our alma mater means to the both of us and certainly means to him. And so I'm sure from that standpoint, as a competitor and as someone who loves that university, uh, there's certainly got to be a bit of disappointment or sadness around that, as I'm sure it would be for any of us. But uh, it's a tough gig to step into, yeah. knowing so many of the names that have come through that door, knowing the eyes that are on you each and every weekend. I mean, that's one of the biggest broadcast jobs in the country. And as we all know and have seen, you can be as good as you want to be in any of the booths across America, and someone's going to find some negative thing to say about you. Someone is going to have an opinion to try and tear you down because it's a lot easier to do that than to go in and actually be able to do the job. So I feel for Jack, I hope from a real human level that he's doing all right today. But uh, unfortunately, this is also kind of like with sports where we are in the business of, hey, you're always kind of waiting around to see, am I going to get cut? Is someone coming to take my job? That's an unfortunate reality of all of this that crept up in this situation. Yeah, at least the at least the there's the good part that he's not leaving NBC. He's not you know just being shown the door all the way. Uh, you know he's still going to be working on Football Night in America and the Olympics and you know plenty other opportunities for play by play as well to kind of hone that craft. I always just kind of thought, man, that's the first big play by play job that he's getting. I'm not sure that's fair to him for that. You know. No, I, I understand that. Uh, my mo- my motto has always been, hey, you know, fair is a place where they judge pigs, all right? We, we're all in the business of, hey, you get opportunities and you take them. Just the same way, hey, listen, that might have a lot of people's estimation looked and said, man, the, the first big play-by-play job, that's like, what's Jack going to say? He's not going to turn that down. I'm sure he was right. pumped about the opportunity to say, sure. you know what? Hey, maybe this is my first big jump. I know he had done some USFL games before that. He had done great work at the ACC Network. And you get there and you try and learn on the fly, but you're right. It's an incredibly difficult place to try and hone your craft with that kind of audience. With the stakes being what they are, too, it's not like you're calling games for a 6-5 and five Notre Dame team that's just hoping to scrape by and get bowl eligible. You're talking about Notre Dame teams that in the last two years have been in a lot of the season in the thick of the college football playoff discussion, certainly near the top end of the sport, given the brand and the performance that we've seen. So, uh, yeah, it was no small task that he stepped into there. And uh, I know he gave it his all. I know he fought like hell for it there. And as long as that's the case, I'm sure even if it's disappointing, he's going to be able to sleep soundly at night knowing he gave that job everything he could. Does that six and five Notre Dame team fit into Stephen A. Smith's relevance? Uh, you know the spectrum of relevance that he's kind of got set up. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Honestly, I think the good Notre Dame team, Notre Dame teams, do more than that. Yeah. I mean, what's stuck in his craw is the same thing we all hear fired all the time, right? Notre Dame, you know, zero and ten, and however many of the major bowl games between the BCS, the New Year's Six, the CFP, since God knows when, and. and it's it's always interesting for me hearing that refrain, and especially right now. I guess I was confused because we understand people feel some type of way about Notre Dame. When you're the independent school, when you're perceived as not only being different, but thinking you're better than everyone else because of that, mm-hmm. it's going to invite a lot of feelings that come along with it. But the thing that's confused me about why it popped up at this particular juncture is it's not like this new round of college football playoff change and expansion that was the impetus for this conversation is affording Notre Dame any special treatment. 
There's going to be 12, now maybe 14 teams that make the postseason in this new structure. There's going to be, hey, the top conference champions, the top four conference champions get a bye. The top-rated group of five team is going to get in there as well who wins their conference championship. And then after that, you're going to have a bunch of other teams that probably didn't win their conference championship, especially at the Power 5 level of football to make it, just like Notre Dame. And so if Notre Dame goes out there and wins double-digit games against the schedule, a caliber of which they usually play, they're going to get in, and it's going to be for no different reason than a team on the back end of the Big Ten, in the middle of the pack, and the SEC, whoever else is going to make it. So I'm just confused why everyone decided to throw us all these strays right now. Right. I, I, it just... Gosh, we're talking about foot, and it's got nothing to do with actual, you know, like how they've done on the field either, which I actually kind of want to talk to you about too. But, uh, you know, like it's, it's, it, like it's just so random, you know? And I'm well, like, it's frustrating to me because what you mentioned is absolutely right. It's not about what's going on the field now, it's about what's happened in the past. And everyone tells me, well, Notre Dame, they just want to live in the past. They haven't won a title since 1988. What have they done? I'm not trying to live in the past. I'm right. trying to live in the now, where since the last, what, five years of Brian Kelly's tenure into now, it's been like five of the six seasons have been double-digit wins, including this last year. It's been 95 wins or whatever it's been in the CFP era, one of eight teams to make multiple CFPs in the last decade that we've had. This like we got enough good stuff going on around yeah. now on the actual fields to focus on and stop letting the ghosts of what's happened in the past affect the way people judge now if people judged everything else the same way they've judged notre dame for this well michigan and jim harbaugh never would have won a title this right. year dj stroud ohio state quarterbacks don't work in the nfl he surely would have never been the offensive rookie in the year in the league so i don't understand this thinking is inconsistent it's flawed and it's just silly yeah mike golick jr joining me on sports radio 960 wsbt for budweiser's weekday sports beat let's talk about the product on the field there was a uh, there was a stretch, you know, between between the end of the season against Stanford and the bowl game, where the list of names that you saw of guys getting in the transfer portal was just like, uh oh, this could be bad. And then as time went on, you know, like heading into the bowl game and even even past the bowl game a little bit, uh, all of a sudden you see the names that that Notre Dame went out and got to replace those guys that left. And you just find yourself looking at it going, these might be better players than the ones they're replacing. Do you, do you feel that way? Uh, I think certainly in some positions there's, there's guys that can come in and be helpful. We know the issues Notre Dame had at wide receiver last year, and we saw some of those young names get in the portal. But then yeah. you see Chris Mitchell from SIU and what he was able to do production-wise last year, the talent that Bo Collins is going to bring in that area. I got to cover that Duke team and see a guy like R.J. Oban who's going to come in and help replace some of what they lost on the edge of that defense. So I think it's all a good reminder that we're still learning so much right now. Yeah. Everyone every day for some reason wants to pop open Twitter and start to complain about some new thing that the portal and NIL have done to college football when in actuality our sample size is still so small in mm -hmm. this. We had all this change happen at once. And so that means we're still learning exactly how to operate in this way. We've seen every program's NILs already change. Their, their, uh, you know, the collectives already change in what they're structured, how they're associated with the schools, and how they operate within the new world of college football. All that is to say, yeah, those transfers all hit the portal, and then we took a breath. And lo and behold, hey, Notre Dame was still kind of an appealing place for some people to play. That's what happens when you win nine, ten games in back-to-back -back seasons with a coach and a program that seemed to have an eye on some, embracing some of that new change in college football. So 
I think we all would do well to take a beat and understand we're still learning a lot about this. And when you think about, oh, my God, the sky is falling, if you usually wait a second, get a good night's sleep, and wake up the next day, more than likely you're going to find out, no, it's still business as usual. It just looks a little different and change is scary. NIL, you know, it, it, got, it got us EA Sports College Football 25 coming up. I mean, how, how can that be a, such a terrible thing? I keep trying to tell people, man, it's uh, it's amazing. With all the change going on in the sport, I, I didn't realize players realigned these major college conferences. Right. I didn't realize players killed the Pac-12. I didn't realize players had expanded the college football playoff and then said, well, wait, maybe we want to expand it even more. I had forgotten they had done all that. Last I checked, they gave us a video game. You're absolutely right. We're all going to benefit that except for our significant others this summer. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> – like I've I've been pretty cold as far as the Xbox goes. It's about to heat up real quick though. I think like, you know, July-ish or so for me. Yeah, when I probably should be following some other things in my life quite honestly. Uh but uh yeah, that's it can't be a bad thing. So, um how do you feel about this year? How did, what uh, what's your thoughts on uh, heading into this year for Notre Dame? I think for Notre Dame this year, I'm very excited. Uh, Mike Dembrock coming over to campus, arguably one of the biggest wins of bowl season, coming back a coach that was there during my time at Notre Dame as the tight end coach. And, you know, certainly uh, the tutelage of Mike Dembrock for a couple of great guys and Kyle Rudolph and Tyler Eifert and the like that were in that room all benefited from his touch. But I, I also think the combination of what we know about Mike Dembrock and what he's able to do offensively, forgetting last year where the weapons at at, uh, LSU were very different, but I even look back at Cincinnati with him and Desmond Ritter and a program that also made its living on O-line and tight ends in the AAC was able to do there, how that offense is going to mesh with a quarterback like Riley Leonard and the gifts that he has during a season where, listen, you're going to go where a new quarterback you're breaking in, a new receiver core that you're excited about there, and a tight end room that's got some talented guys. But up front on the offensive line, we know you're losing three starters from last year's team. Mm-hmm. And you had some guys get meaningful snaps late in the year, but early in the season, you're going to need some stuff to help offset that. And having a quarterback who is as lethal with his legs as Riley Leonard is, combined with a coordinator and Mike Dembrock who really understands how to make the best of what's around, how to use a quarterback's leg in some of the RPO game to help those guys up front get going. And then, oh, by the way, you get to the defensive side of the ball where the other big win, we hold on to Al Golden, we have everyone decide to run it back up front, Riley, Howard Cross, that whole group, and certainly Benjamin Morris is probably going to leave Notre Dame as the best corner in my lifetime to come out of this school. Like There's a lot to be excited about of a defense with legitimate top five potential and an offense that I think is built to allow their offensive line to work back into becoming what it usually is, which is one of the strengths of this team. Yeah, that's the one thing that I'm I'm usually like a touchdown type of guy, but man, I love watching that defense. I loved watching it last year and I don't think there's going to be any drop-off whatsoever. If anything, I think it's only gotten better. I would agree, and I think when you get a lot of those guys all so much veteran talent, especially in the linebacker room, obviously there's some losses at that level. There's a couple losses on the D-line level. But in general, all that continuity for a group that I likened, and I thought about this a lot during the NFL postseason, reminds me a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mm. where you've got a couple of guys that are world beaters, but what really makes this unit work is 
the timing and variety that they can present to the opposing offenses because of how smart everyone is on that defense, how much they understand what Al Golden's teaching them there, and then having a couple of studs in the middle up in the front end and on the back end having a cornerback that can absolutely lock down some of the best receivers in the country and how that marriage gives you so many options in terms of how you attack teams. We saw it against Caleb Williams last year and really started to loosen the wheels on USC season. So it's exciting to see how high this thing can climb for a veteran unit at a lot of levels next year. He's Mike Golick Jr., half of Gojo and Golick, uh, starting Monday at noon here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. How uh, how did how did the uh, you know, I mean it's a, it's a show on YouTube. How uh, how did it get to radio? How did how did that happen? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things we're trying to meet everyone where they are, right? And that's mm. part of when we and Dad made the move to DraftKings is realizing, oh, there's a whole big wide world out here where, yeah, our show is a podcast. Our show is on YouTube. Our show streams on Samsung TV Plus and Roku and all these devices and places that we really would have known about when we were at ESPN. But mm-hmm. there was always this thought of, you know, the Vegas Stats and Information Network has been such a great partner for DraftKings out in Vegas. We got to work with so many of their great talent out in Vegas for the Super Bowl this last week. There's a, a bunch of crossover there, and we always thought and saw and said, all right, well, they've got clearance in so many great markets, and radio is a place that's been so near and dear to our family. It's another great bit of exposure for a medium that is still so important to a lot of people. Why don't we see if we can make this partnership extend even to that? And, you know, thankfully the folks over at VEASAN were super receptive to that. So now we've got this great opportunity to take what we've been doing digitally and in the podcast world and bring it back to the place that's been home for my dad for three decades, for me for almost a decade now. And, uh, and it feels right. It feels like it feels like it was time. It's good to have you back on the station. It's good to have you back. We had we had uh, you know Mike and Mike, and we also had Golik and Wingo as well. And it's it's going to be good to hear you guys on on the our airwaves again. So I just want to say thanks for that. No, I I appreciate that. And that's that, listen, that's something we take seriously. Yeah. It, it's it's the one thing my dad imparted on me pretty early on is, hey man, you got a unique opportunity to develop relationships with people who are on their way to work, commuting to go work out, like. People are choosing to spend time with you in some meaningful moments of their lives, and so that's certainly not something we take for granted. All right. Well, uh, I certainly know how you feel as far as uh, as far as having to wake up in the morning. I, I'm typically waking up at three o'clock in the morning for uh, for a news hit at five thirty. So, I you know, I know how you feel a little bit as far as the morning goes, and it could be a little bit rough. So I'll let you go here, uh, Mike Golick Jr. from Gojo and Golick. A million thanks for uh, for coming on the show today. No, appreciate you having me. Anytime. Thank you. There he is. Noon, Monday through Friday, starting this Monday. Gojo and Golick here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Jimmy Rosari, in for Darren Pritchett, who's on the road with Notre Dame Hockey. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues in just a second. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Lester Wiltfong Jr. from Windy City Gridiron, talk some Bears. Gosh, I wonder what's happening with the Bears. It's coming up on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 